Just so you know, The Adventures of Theodore will be back in this week's Friday email. I cannot tell you how many people emailed me um, asking where Theodore was because in my last email, he didn't make an appearance. He didn't have his own little segment and people were pissed about that. So I promise you, The Adventures of Theodore will be back in this week's Friday email. Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts, feelings and actions, change our results and feel less alone as we navigate this crazy little thing called life. My name is Emily Chadbourne and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, Unashamedly Human with Emily Chadbourne. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this global community and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram too, Unashamedly Emily, and enjoy this episode. Dear Em, I've been in my business for two years. It was a really big deal for me to leave my job and pursue what was my side hustle full time. The thing is, I have struggled to create consistent income. I've been really motivated and then I'll have a bad month and it sets me back. It's like all my confidence goes and it takes me weeks to get back on track again. My husband wants me to go back to full-time work because our household income has dropped, but I can't bear the idea of going back to what I was doing. I don't want to give up on my dream, but I don't know what else to do. Can you help me? So for those of you who are in business for yourselves or have their own side hustle or even want to go into business for yourself and want to leave full-time employment, this is going to be so up your street. For those of you who are not in business for yourself, maybe you've got a great career, maybe you love your job, maybe you're a full-time mum and you've got no real interest in generating extra income, all good. Listen anyway, because, and I always say this to my clients, when you listen for the code and not the context, you will find so much gold in these conversations. And so when I talk about the the code, what I mean is it's the patterns of human behavior that we all display. So it's the feelings of not being good enough. It's the procrastination and the reasons behind that. It's the overwhelm and the reasons behind that. It's the self-sabotaging ways that I'm going to talk about today, which are relevant in every single aspect of life, whether it be your relationship, whether it be the way that you treat your body through your diet and exercise, whether it be through your friendships. Like we are all human beings and we all operate under a certain number of codes And so listen for the code, not the context. Just because you're not in business for yourself doesn't mean there's not going to be a heap of gold in this episode for you. So the first thing I want to say is that thank you for reaching out because I think a lot of the time when people feel like they have got themselves into a little pickle, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner, they've said they're going to do something and they've had this big dream, this big intention, and then they... It hasn't materialized in the way that they thought it was going to materialize. What that can do is it can evoke quite a lot of shame. When we are in shame, what we tend to do is stay very silent. And silence and shame are like dynamite together. Like explosions happen when we add shame and silence. And then we sit back and we watch this thing build and it builds and it begins to get bigger than us even. And we begin to, oh, and and the way that I kind of immediately put a story to that is like how I felt when I was drinking. Like I knew I shouldn't be drinking and I knew I couldn't stop. And that made me feel 
quite ashamed of myself and sometimes when I was drunk I would do things that made me feel really ashamed of myself and so I would sit in silence of that because who wants to say actually this is who I am this is where I'm at and so I would just sit in the shame of it and then I'd add silence to the shame and then that shame would build because now not only am I in the shame of my action and my behavior but I'm also in the shame of who I am so well done for reaching out because one of the first things that I learned in business was you can't do it by yourself. And if you are going to sit there and try and problem solve everything that comes your way, you are going to have a very expensive hobby and you're not going to have a thriving business that generates you uncapped income. So well done for reaching out because it's a really brave and courageous thing to do. And it probably feels very vulnerable for you to ask that question. But it is that vulnerability that is your strength. So first of all, massive dose of validation and admiration for you for, for saying, hey, I need, bless you, Theodore, for saying, hey, something's going on here and I need some help. It really does sound to me like this is a mindset thing that you've got going on here and not an action thing. So we have this thing called the knowing doing gap, right? Now, the knowing doing gap is I know that in order to love my body more, have more energy, feel more vital and invigorated, I need to eat less highly calorifically dense foods. I don't know if that was a correct grammar grammatical sentence. Oh, dear. Anyway, moving on. Let's just move past that one. I know that I need to eat better food, a clean food with less calorie intake. And I need to move my body and exercise more. I know I need to do those things. Most people know that that is the equation to losing weight, right? But the doing of it is a completely different thing. And so now what we're doing, now what we've created for ourselves is a knowing doing gap. I know that to generate more income, I need to pick up the phone and chase those leads. I know that I need to take that type up moment and go to that networking event. I know I need to check in on all my past clients and let them know that there's a new range that's coming out. Right? I know what to do. I'm not doing it. And when we sit in this space, in this knowing doing gap, what we find ourselves in is this place of like cognitive dissonance. It's like, I know what I should be doing and I'm not doing it. And it's really painful. And again, like I'll, I'll use the alcoholic example of this. It's like, I knew that I needed to stop drinking alcohol. I knew it. And yet I couldn't do it. And that was when it got really painful. When I didn't know I was an alcoholic, it was fine. I was just a heavy drinker. I was just going about my day to day, loved a glass of wine, always up for a party, would never say no, you know, it kind of made a joke of it. And it was only when it really escalated that I began to realize that actually it was a real problem. And then I was like, oh, I need to stop because this is a problem. And then I realized I couldn't stop. And it was in that cognitive dissonance where it got real uncomfortable. And so you can use that as like a calibration tool it, am I not doing the thing that I know that I need to do? And does that make me feel uncomfortable? And if the answer to those questions are yes, then that is where you need to focus. That's where you need to turn. That's where you need to get really curious. That's where you need to be like, that is so interesting that I'm doing that. 
And please come at it with that attitude and not the attitude of I'm a fucking idiot. Who do I think I am? I'm, I should be ashamed of my behavior. I can't do anything. I'm going to be really judgmental on my own ass. Like if you come from that space, if you come from somebody who is like a bully instead of your best friend, it's going to be much harder. So you want to come from this place of just like pure curiosity about yourself. You will get to know yourself much better and love yourself much more if you can be curious about yourself instead of judgmental about yourself. So you've got what we call a knowing doing gap and a knowing doing gap is always mindset. It's not because you don't know the strategy. It's not because you don't know what to do. It's not because you don't know what action to take. You might get a bit confused and a bit overwhelmed by what to do, but that's not because it's it, it, it purely because of something that's going on in your internal belief system, which is holding you back from taking the action to become the person that you know that you need to become to do the thing that you need to do to generate the income that you know you need to generate. So a lot of the time I hear, especially when it does come to business specifically, I hear people say, oh, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what step to take next. I feel really directionless. I feel really overwhelmed. And although we might not know the big, massive, 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 big dream steps, like for example, I don't know how I'm going to meet Oprah. Like I don't know all of the steps between where I am now and sitting in Oprah's garden with my fifth published book in my hand talking about mental health I don't know how that's going to happen I don't know all the steps I don't have a clear direction but I hold on to that big massive massive dream I know day to day what I need to do I don't know all the steps I don't know all the how I I I don't know what's going to be happening this time next year but I know on a day-to-day basis that I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to build my business and to try new things and to give myself the permission to fuck it up and all that jazz. So a lot, yeah, so sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Come back into the room, Emily. Welcome back, Emily. So often what I hear people say is, well, I feel really, really overwhelmed and I just don't know what to do. And actually it's not that they don't know what to do. It's that what they need to do is just overwhelming for them because there is an inherent belief system somewhere in their neurology that says, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm absolutely petrified of failing. I'm scared of what my neighbor down the road will say. I'm worried about earning more money than my partner and what that shift in dynamic might do to our relationship. I am worried that if I get busier with the amount of work I've got coming in, I'll have less time for my kids and not more time for my kids. We have all of this stuff that's going on. Like there's a lot of noise in our brains, man. And it is pretty fucking loud. Even on a quiet day, my brain is like, ah, crazy. So... It's about, again, like bringing this sense of curiosity to yourself of like, of, and not just stopping at the feeling. And I say this to my clients all the time. Don't just stop at the feeling. Don't just, oh, I feel overwhelmed. Stop. End of sentence. I'm going to put down what I'm doing. Done. It's like, wow, I feel overwhelmed. Why? What is behind that overwhelm? What thought is behind that overwhelm? What belief is behind that overwhelm? What am I telling myself? I might not even be able to hear it clearly. It might just be coming across to me as overwhelm. And if we just accept overwhelm and go, well, I'm overwhelmed, that's it, can't do anything about it, then we're just always going to stay at that kind of block. So we need to push past that block, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it feels a bit gross, even though we're a bit worried about what we might find on the other side of it. And we need to get really curious. 
wow, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I wonder what that's about. What is it that I believe to be true about myself and my capabilities? What is it that I believe to be true about what other people are thinking about me right now? What is it that I believe to be true about making money? And we get real curious because it's only in unpacking that mindset stuff that you will be free of the thought that is stopping you from taking the action to create what it is that you want to create. So understand that this is a mindset problem for you. It's not a strategy problem for you. If, like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews, and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness, and if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes, and I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. It's Friday! The second thing I want to say, or is it the third thing I want to say? Who knows? I'm just going to say it anyway, is that you must start building up emotional resilience. Now, that doesn't mean that you are no longer going to be empathetic or that you're no longer going to be sensitive or that you need to harden up or that you need to deny your feelings. In fact, it's exactly the opposite of that. And I think sometimes people hear the phrase emotional resilience and they feel like I need to be less emotional. No, 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 no. You need to be more emotional. And what I mean by that is you need to be better friends with your emotional range. And that means, wow, I'm feeling angry today. Interesting. Why am I feeling angry today? I'm feeling worried today. Interesting. Why am I feeling worried today? I'm feeling really nervous about this. Interesting. Why am I feeling really nervous about this? Instead of, well, I've just got to power through and I've just got to ignore these feelings and I've just got to pretend like I don't feel like this because that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It makes you oblivious to yourself. It makes you deny parts of yourself. It's asking you to be something that you're not. Where's the point in doing that? Like emotional resilience is about saying, it's okay that I feel like this. I can take action anyway. I don't have to let this emotion dictate the way that I show up today, dictate the way that I respond to this person today, dictate the way that I create business success for myself today. And a lot of the time, I think we assume that emotional resilience is kind of a bit of a bad thing because it makes us less nice, less kind, less open, less compassionate. And in fact, done right, it does the exact opposite of that. The more curious you get about yourself, the more space you will create for yourself between a thought and an emotional reaction to it, and then a physical reaction to that emotion. So let me give you an example of that, because let's be honest, That sentence didn't really make any sense for most people. So let's say that something happens. We're going to take something, a really benign experience, right? Let's say that um, you get a no in business. You approach someone and you say to them, hey, I'd love you to join my team. I think, you know, this lifestyle would really suit what you're trying to create for yourself and your family. And this person goes away, we'll call her Jane. And Jane goes away and she thinks about the offer that you have put on the table for her. And then Jane comes back and she says, oh, do you know what? It's not for me, but thanks anyway. Now, your immediate response to that may very well be, 
oh my God, I personally have been rejected. Jane no longer wants to speak to me. Jane is now going to go off and tell everybody that I'm a pushy salesperson and that she doesn't love me anymore. And oh my God, my life is over. I can't do this. We're going to take that no and we are going to make that no mean something. I'm crap at my job. I'm not very good at this. No one loves me. I can never be successful. I told you this wasn't going to work. Now, emotional resilience is not well, fuck you, Jane. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. Who do you think you are? Emotional resilience is going, okay, I'm having this experience, this physical experience. From this physical experience, I now have the option to react to that physical experience, that emotional experience. I can feel viscerally in my body and I am either going to react to the thought that has created that emotional response, which is I'm not good enough to sum it up. And if I react, I'm now never going to pick up the phone to make that lead again. I'm going to sit and I'm going to cry. I'm going to take my feeling of rejection and I'm going to project that onto my partner tonight. And I'm going to be snappy with him and I'm going to tell the kids off when they didn't really deserve to be told off. And I'm going to be in a bad mood and I'm going to feel terrible about myself. And I'm going to manifest this reality for myself, a continuing reality for myself where I am not good enough. That's an option. And believe me, It was that strategy that I played out in my life for many years. Did not end well, my friends. Remember the alcoholic story? Yeah, like let's not push ourselves to full alcoholism. There's no need for that. Now, the other option is we get the no from Jane. It feels like shit. Instead of pretending that it doesn't feel like shit or reacting to that shit feeling, we're just going to sit with it. We're going to be like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to build my emotional resilience. This emotion isn't going to kill me. It doesn't feel great, but it's not going to kill me. It's not a bad emotion. It's not a negative emotion. It's not an emotion I shouldn't be feeling. It's not an emotion I should be ashamed of having. It's really fucking normal. It sucks when you get a no. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to be it. I'm going to own it because it's my feeling. Okay, the feeling isn't doing this to me. I have created this feeling in myself. So I'm just going to sit with it for a minute. I'm going to give it some space. I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to go in. I'm going to get really curious. Why am I feeling like this? Why did that no affect me like this? What am I making that no mean? Am I making it mean that I'm always going to get no's? That I'm terrible at what I do? That I don't deserve success? Do I really want to, do I want to roll with that story? Of all of the potential stories that I could tell myself. And what is a story? It's just a fucking thing that we tell ourselves, right? It's not right. It's not wrong. It's not truth. It's not false. It's just a story. Is that the one I want to pick today? Is it really the one that is going to serve me the most today? Is it going to be the story that is going to help me tomorrow? Is it the story that I want to demonstrate to my children? Is it the story that's going to help strengthen my relationship with my partner? And we're going to give ourselves that heartbeat. Sometimes it's just a heartbeat to go, oh, what story am I telling myself that's creating this emotion in me? And does it need to be that story that I pick up? And in that heartbeat of time that we give ourselves, we get the choice to build our emotional resilience by being like, wow, that emotion felt like shit. I'm not going to take it with me into the living room. I'm not going to take it with me into the kitchen. I'm not going to take it with me into my relationship. I might talk about it with my partner and be like, hey, I got a no and it's made me feel rubbish. I might write it down in a journal. I might have a massive cry into my pillow. I might feel the disappointment of it. But I am not going to allow myself to create the story that perpetuates more experience of it. 
So that's what building emotional resilience is. It's about allowing yourself to have the full range of human emotion and not pretending like you don't have emotion. Massively different things. So build that emotional resilience with yourself. And part of that is understanding the massive difference between in the interpretation of failure. So the best way that I can explain this, I'm just going to borrow my best mate, Brene Brown, <clears throat> doesn't know she's my friend, has never heard of who I am, like has no idea that Emily Chabon exists. She has this brilliant way of defining guilt and shame. So shame is, I did a bad thing, therefore I am a bad person. And guilt is, I did a bad thing and therefore my behavior is the thing that is bad. So a better way to describe this is, I went out on Thursday night, got really trashed, woke up late for a really important meeting on Friday morning, missed it or rocked up hungover, didn't perform the way I wanted to perform. Shame is, I, me, I'm a terrible person. I don't deserve my job. I don't deserve success. Who do I think I am? Guilt is, wow, I did a really silly thing there. I'm going to try not to do that again. So the difference between internalizing something and externalizing something is really powerful. And so when it comes to business, you kind of got to learn how to externalize all of the failures that are definitely 100%. There's no way around it going to come your way. So we need to make these failures an outside thing that we absolutely need to learn from. Or oh, I need to learn to do that better. Or I need to learn never to do that again. I need to address the way that I speak to this team member from here on in. I need to use a different strategy. This one's not working. We absolutely learn from our failures, but we make them an external thing that we did and not an internal thing that we are. Massively different. And that is part of building emotional resilience is, is managing that relationship that you have with failure because failure is without doubt part of it. And another thing that I think has really helped me build my emotional resilience is understanding that I'm a student for life. And I think when we're in business for ourselves, whether we're selling a product or whether we're selling a service, we tend to feel like we should have all the answers and that we should be the teacher. It's like the old fashioned teacher student relationship, isn't it? It's like, here I am selling you this thing, therefore I must be the expert. Here I am delivering you the service, therefore I must be the expert. All eyes on me, standing at the front of the room, I never get anything wrong. But actually, that's not the way it works. And actually, to be completely honest, in my experience and every book I've ever read, every training I've ever attended and the thousands of dollars that I have spent on sales training is that actually it's much easier to sell from a place of student which is like, I am learning this, I'm in a forever learning journey and I don't always get it right and I don't always have the answers, but I am gonna demonstrate my willingness to evolve and grow and learn. And that's much more sellable than somebody who's gonna stand and be like, I know everything about this product. I know everything about you. I know everything about everything. Cause that's quite off-putting. It's not really relatable. And you know, that's why I use unashamedly Emily or unashamedly human. It's like, I am, I don't have all the answers. I am a student of life. And that sounds so wanky, but it's so true. Like I'm just always in the learning process. And I don't think that that's ever going to end. And sometimes I'm a really good student. And sometimes I'm not such a great student, but I'm always a student. I will never consider myself to be a teacher. So those are the things that have really helped or a couple of the things there is. Well, there's a lot more to emotional resilience, but just a couple for you there. 
um, that have really helped me. The next thing I want to talk about is it's really important to redefine your vision. We talk about vision so much in business and it can sound again a little bit wanky, but it is a really important component. Like if you don't have a driving force behind why you are doing what you are doing, it's going to get really hard to do the stuff that gives you tight butt. So anyone that's new to the, the Emily Chapman experience, tight butt is that physical feeling that you get in the pit of your stomach when you're about to do something new, you're about to do something different, you're about to step outside of your comfort zone, you're about to summon up courage so that you can pretend to be confident at something that you've got no confidence in. And you're like, fuck me, I'm going to shit myself. And so you have to clench your butt cheeks together really tight to make sure that poo doesn't come out your bum. That's a tight butt moment. It's putting ourselves into a place where we are learning and growing and doing something different. And if you're in business, you're embracing those tight butt moments on a continuous and constant basis. Some of them are huge tight butt moments. Some of them are a bit more subtle, a bit more nuanced. But every day we're doing things that push us, that push us to, to grow our business. And so when we don't have a really compelling reason it can be really hard to motivate ourselves or inspire ourselves to taking that action. Right, can I just say something really quickly? Before I start these podcasts, I've started hiding all of Theodore's squeaky toys because who wants to listen to that background noise? I don't know where he found that one. Where did you hide it? Where is it hiding? Good boy. I'm just going to take it away for a minute, darling. Just play with any of the other toys that you've got that don't sound like that. Good boy. Yeah. So um, start thinking about redefining your why. And the reason that I say this is because it sounds like from the question, your initial why years ago when you started your side hustle was to get out of your full time job. And that's a really compelling why that kind of like, oh, my God, I want to go out on my own. I want to take this side hustle and I want to make it my full time income. I want to work my own hours. I want to have uncapped income. I want the lifestyle. Right. And that is a really compelling why. And that is a great motivator to get you to make the sales, do the type up moments, take the action. But now you're in that full time you've got to have the next step of the journey. And so while I spoke earlier about having this kind of like big, massive vision of meeting Oprah and becoming her BFF, I also have smaller whys along the way. And those whys relate to the lifestyle that I want to live, but they also have, they also relate to lifestyle goals. They relate to impact goals, like how many people do I want to impact? And for me, impact kind of just feels a bit better than money instead of like giving myself the metric of x amount of dollars I would rather give myself the metric of x amount of clients but you know whatever works for you some people are really driven by the numbers of money would you like daily text messages of support positivity and love sent personally from me straight to your phone then sign up for wake up with them it's the affirmation service you didn't know you needed the first month is free if you follow the link in the show notes redefine your why like get quite get quite passionate about it again like what is it that you want to create and not just in terms of impact and figures but like what lifestyle do you want to create for yourself what do you how do you want to feel about yourself when you look at your children what do you want to see reflected back in their eyes do you want to see the woman who gave something a go and realized it wasn't right for her and so was strong enough to say, this isn't my thing, I'm gonna go and do something else. Because that is 
like there's nothing wrong with that at all there's no, no right or wrong but you know like that's in itself very admirable but it doesn't sound to me like that's the space that you're coming from it sounds to me like you're coming from the space of I don't want to look into the eyes of my children and for them to show me someone who had this opportunity and just didn't really follow through on it so you have to ask yourself like who do I want to be and that's the, the greatest question to ask yourself when you are creating a why for yourself. Yes, the money. Yes, the lifestyle goal. Yes, the meeting of the Oprah. These things are great. Maybe you want to drive the car. Maybe you want the great holiday. Awesome. But like, who do you want to be? When you look in the mirror, what do you want to see reflected back to you? Do you want to see someone who learned and who grew and who built her emotional resilience and who smashed some goals and who did the hard things? Or do you want to see someone who's about to go back into full-time work because that just felt a little bit too hard or because she allowed her limiting beliefs to control her? So like redefine your vision and get really clear on who it is that you want to be again. That will be a massive step for you in this process. Get inspired by yourself again. And then the last thing that I just want to um, come back to, which kind of really links to that, and this is a question that I get my clients to ask themselves on a daily basis, is am I willing... Am I willing to grow into the person that I need to become in order to create what it is that I say that I want to create for myself? And the reason that this is really important is because it's very easy, especially in social media at the moment, where every other fucking post is like an entrepreneurial bloody sell. It's like, you can earn uncut money. I made $4.3 million in one email campaign. Go, go, hustle, hustle. Like, it's fucking intense, man. Like, I have to shut that shit down. Like, I choose not to follow those adverts when they come up because it's just too much me I'm like just put your fucking balls back in your pockets tuck your penis back in and calm down mate like it's just not there's another squeaky toy how'd you get that how'd you get it oh yeah no I forgot about that one that's fair um so you know like I I, I have to put that stuff down because it's really overwhelming for me and if it works for you rock on it's just it's not my thing this kind of like go 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 hustle 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 and so I don't think that that necessarily helps me in business, but what does help me in business is that when I have created this vision for myself, I have to ask, am I willing? And I'll be really honest, over the last couple of years, as I have redefined the goalposts on what makes me happy, because when I started out in business, I thought money was gonna make me happy. I have since worked out that it's not money that makes me happy, that there are other ingredients to my contentment and to my overall peace that are actually far more important to me than the creation of wealth in that way. So as I have redefined my why and refined my goals, as I have learned and grown and continually been a student of my own life, one of the questions I have to come back to is, am I willing? Am I willing? Am I willing? And there have been times over the last couple of years where I've been like, actually, I'm not willing. I'm not willing to do that. And that's okay. And that, and that gives me the grace and the uh, strength to turn around and be like, no, I'm not going to do that. That payoff's not enough for me. And it's a really, really powerful question because it puts you back in charge of whether or not you take action or not, as opposed to some overjacked entrepreneur telling you that you must do this in order to create revenue. So am I willing? Am I willing to do the work? Am I willing to show up? And it's okay if you're not. It's absolutely okay if you're not. 
But I think that in this particular case, with this particular brave soul who wrote into me, I think you are willing. I think you do want to create what you set out to create two years ago. And I think it's more than within your capability. So those are the things that I wanted to um, give you today. There's so much more to this, but I just, I don't have time to talk about all of the components. What I do just want to let you know, and if you're listening to this episode in real time, then jump on this offer. The link will be in the show notes. If you're watching on Instagram, the link is in my bio. And if you are watching on Facebook in my Facebook group, Unashamedly Human, then the link is in the title of this video is that I'm running a three part how to manifest business success course. It starts, I think, on the 11th of November, and it will run over three consecutive weeks. The sessions will be about two hours long, so pretty meaty sessions, and you get the content for life. Do try and join live because you'll be able to interact with me and ask questions, but if you can't attend all three sessions, then you will get the recordings. It's just $197, uh, and that includes tax, and you can claim it. It's not a lot of money to spend six hours with me as I unpack all of the mindset stuff that is holding you back and keeping you in that gap of knowing and doing. If you are willing to really learn about what it is that is going on in your mind that is holding you back from creating what, it's, what it is that you said that you wanted to create for yourself, then join me, 197, 200 bucks for six hours of everything that I know about mindset and business would be absolutely worth you joining that program starts the 11th of November. Um, and like I said, just runs over those three consecutive weeks. So, you know, know that you must invest in yourself. You know, no one does, no successful business person does business alone. They just don't. You must invest in yourself. Um, know where your gaps are and then find someone who can bridge those gaps for you. Um, that's rule 101 in business. You do not play the sport alone. All right, just going to jump into the questions. Deb, you are in. Awesome. Just jump into that link in the title of this video, hun. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Oh, that's cute. My dog Ruby started to play with her squeaky toy at exactly the same time. I just feel like they're talking to each other. That's really cute. We never stop learning. Yes, so true. Hello, Slovenia. How are you? Um... I often do that to myself. Yes, that negative self-talk, that those those beliefs that we have that we completely buy into, that are just stories, and then we begin to act in accordance with those beliefs and therefore perpetuate more evidence in our reality to believe those beliefs, even though we've kind of created it, we've man-made it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing yourself in that loop. Any other questions? Any other comments? Let me know. Student of life, yes. Yeah, lots of people loving that concept. These topics always come when I need them. Yes, thank you, universe. Lots of people really vibing on this question. I needed this today. Oh, you are so welcome. Yeah, and the other thing I'm just going to say on that is like, it's really important that you have support. Now, I know that for so many side hustle type companies, so I'm talking like network marketing or MLM companies, the group support is phenomenal. The, the leadership in, in all of the companies that I choose to align myself with and work with, I have just seen a huge amount of support, loads of coaching and, and a lot of solidarity in those teams. But sometimes it's also really important to have 
something external to that because it can be really easy to compare ourselves to the other members of those teams because you're doing the same thing, you're selling the same product, you're in the same kind of structure. And so sometimes it can be really easy just to sit there and compare ourselves, which is, you know, like the kryptonite of business, isn't it? Comparison. So um, I know that one of the reasons that women who do have side hustles or their own businesses, I know that one of the things that they love the most about the hub isn't that they are constantly in this mindset conversation, but they are in the vibrational frequency of women who are so supportive and you know, might not have a fucking clue what they do and what they sell and what product they're all about, but they are just like unquestionably and unwaveringly believing in them and and not because they're doing it too, but just for the sake of believing in them, which I think is a really, really powerful thing. Isn't it awesome? We're so aligned with one another. Yeah, I mean, the community of the hub is outstanding. That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it on your socials. And please tag me, Unashamedly Emily. You can also share it through Spotify. And if you're listening on iTunes, then please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth. So let your mates know all about this podcast. If you're interested in joining my global coaching community, the Unashamedly Human Hub, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.